Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. Open our mind and our heart that we might understand, so that we will turn to you and live. Two short weeks ago, my daughter and family came for a visit. I love my daughter and her family. I was so excited for them to arrive. I had worked hard cleaning sheets, mopping floors, bathrooms, and food prep. I did all these things because I cherished them deeply and wanted to bless them. I desired for them to feel welcome. I hoped they would feel our deep affection. We were having a great time, picking berries, hiking, visiting a cider orchard, all these great things to do in the Charlottesville area. We really had a wonderful family experience. It was fun. But around the third day in, I had a moment. I was tired. Fatigue is not my friend. You may know what I'm talking about. Thoughts go sideways, and all the love and good intentions become a bit skewed. The brain gets a little bit off-center, and the shadow of a foul mood begins to arise. It can overtake us quickly, and suddenly, what was desired has been uprooted. Thankfully, the Spirit of God caught my attention. Our passage this morning has a great word for such occurrences. Whether in the workplace, the office, the store, or at home, there are these moments when the best self is overtaken. As we look at Mary and Martha and Luke and the praise in Colossians, we find these scriptures actually tie together in a profound way. So let's start with the sisters. Picture, if you will. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. We can assume she is excited and intent on hearing every word. Martha is working over a hot stove, trying to create a meal for all the guests. Balancing pots, meal prep, and table setting, Martha might be a bit frustrated. As some commentators mention, she may even be fearful. Mary's presence outside the kitchen can create trouble. The situation might make waves. Martha is occupying the traditional space of womanhood, and her thoughts are many. Martha is occupying that space, but I am not so sure her concern was focused on Mary. Her question belies something else. It speaks of her plight, her perceived circumstances. Martha speaks boldly in her righteous and urgent demand for help. She starts with, Lord, do you care? The implication of this question starts with, Lord, do you not care? Christ not caring signifies a lack of understanding how much Christ loves. There is some theological tweaking that needs to be addressed. Christ's gentle response is not of condemnation or scolding, but another instance of the new kingdom. This moment is just as mind-boggling as Mary's position in the other room. Martha is concerned with logistics, hospitality, resources, the number of guests, and is feeling overwhelmed. The grace extended in the moment of a theological struggle is met with a gentle word. Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. 
but there is only need of one. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Twice Jesus mentions Martha's name. Twice he calls her to get her full attention, but with kindness and love. Jesus is concerned for her and gives her an opportunity to consider a deeper perspective. While reflecting on this response, one might ask, what is the better part? Might there be another option? Maybe Martha could announce that she wants dinner to be put on hold and sit with Mary and learn. Maybe switching positions so both could listen and make sure the meal is prepared. Jesus is challenging her to think outside of the box. Think in kingdom terms. There is a new realm at hand. Often this scenario seems to be explained in ways that pit Mary against Martha or the contemplative against the analytical. I appreciate the writings of Makoto Fujimura, and in his book, Art and Faith, he writes, the analytical and the intuitive, the rational and the emotional, the active and the contemplative, these are not dichotomies or dualities opposed to each other, but they are complements. I believe that the rational flows out of the intuitive, the active should be led by the contemplative, but it is also clear from these passages that the rational and the analytical must partner with the contemplative for the full reality of God to break into our world. This passage in Luke has often stirred conflict. Inwardly, I have often groaned at its readings, and here I am preaching it. Do you not struggle with the sense of Mary is somehow better than Martha or more spiritual than Martha? I am greatly encouraged that this is not what God intends. Mary and Martha both possess strong faith. Christ offers no condemnation of Martha's work, nor concern that she is not sitting like Mary. Yet Christ is very concerned with Martha's viewpoint. Mary's perspective is not what will be taken away. Martha is not unlike Peter with his question when Christ took him aside. Well, what about them? Martha has let concerns take over that which was and is most important. There is a very clear tension in being and doing I believe we all experience this paradox. Jesus is not bothered by the doing. However, I do believe Jesus is very affected by the how of our doing. Jesus is concerned about the perspective of our faith. Our Christ is not only embracing the revolutionary discipleship of women as Mary sits at the feet of the rabbi, but let me propose that Jesus is also embracing the truth that the presence of God the rabbi is also in the kitchen. This place is not just a dutiful, if not menial task left to women, but it is actually quite holy. The food prep at that time had been relegated to women's work outside of the duties of men and certainly outside any concern of God's. But in the kingdom economy, this assignment of patriarchy is about to get a whole new consignment. Jesus enters the kingdom, the kitchen, and speaks truth. I am here also. There is not an exclusion of Christ in either place, 
Our mind-bending Christ announces care for Martha in the kitchen just as much as Mary at his feet. We all know that God is concerned with the heart of humanity, and Jesus is inviting Martha to check her focus. But Martha cannot change her focus unless she knows where it needs, it to, needs be. to be. We do we need, do to, need embrace to embrace and cultivate, and cultivate time with God, time with God so, that so that we can do, can do what, scripture what Scripture clearly teaches, teaches us. In Colossians, Colossians 3.23, 23, we, we are told to do all things as unto the Lord. The Lord. Colossians 2 also, also guides us in hearts and minds set on things, set on above. things above. Martha had Martha forgotten, forgotten what she had been taught. Been taught. Her mindset, her mindset had gone, had to, gone circumstances to circumstances instead of instead her faith. faith. He needed, he needed a, a reminder. Who better, better than a gentle shepherd to help her reset to truth? Jesus, Jesus is to be above, to be above all. all. What Jesus, what Jesus is asking, asking of Martha, am I the why of your doing? Am I the, am I the motivation behind your serving? serving? Am, I being am I being glorified as you prepare my meal? Martha got, Martha got distracted, distracted. Her, thoughts her thoughts carried away by Judy and tradition. tradition. And like, and like Martha, Martha, so do we. But let us, but let not, us not pass by the hope presented in the situation. Let us, let us not be remiss in thinking this is just about, about the kitchen. The kitchen. When along, when along with, Martha, with Martha, we ask, Jesus, Jesus do, you do you not care? Christ, Christ compels us to check in with not only our heart, but with our grace. When we, are when we are in situations of frustration and aggravation, and, aggravation, and when things seem not fair or right, we can rest, we can rest in the theological truth that Christ, that Christ does care. Does care. Christ, Christ cares, cares completely. completely. Christ, Christ is not outside of anything. Christ is, Christ is mentoring in the office as well as, as, well as the floor. Christ is with us when our prayers are short and our demands are much. The kingdom does not have any space that is not entered and the work of women in that time was not beneath God's realm. Wherever we toil, God is with us. When at work, God is with us. When we arise and go to bed, God is with us. Above the cries of our children, God is with us. Let it be clear that God is with us, but the question at the heart of Christ's words to Martha is, are you with me? Am I first? Richard Rohr was spoken, has spoken often of the reality of the both and. We live in a world where we pit ideas against each other in right or wrongness, black or white thinking, Republican, Democrat, Mary against Martha. Too long we have tried to reconcile our work with our dependence on God. It's as if there is a spiritual litmus test. The kingdom economy is a call for the both and. We need time sitting at the feet of Jesus and we need to be mindful in our daily lives with Jesus. We are invited to dependence on God and reflective meditation, study, and prayer, but are also called to depend on God in our daily task. Our journey of faith is both and Christ wants us to know implicitly through this passage that there is nothing outside of him. Christ is to be included and be the focus in all things. We do not have a holy side and a work half. We are both holy and working. We are whole in everything unto Christ. We need both Mary and Martha. Our passage in Colossians today starts as a praise list 
and some think maybe even a hymn of Christ's attributes. It is meant to be read aloud as majestic poetry. It is meant to build up as we desperately require encouragement daily. These are the facts of our Savior that are to be embraced, cherished, and held tightly. So I thought it appropriate to read it again. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the one who is first above all creation. Because all things were created by him, both in the heavens and on the earth, the things that are visible and the things that are invisible, whether they are thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He existed before all things, and all things are held together in him. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the one who is firstborn from among the dead, so that he might occupy the first place in everything. Because all the fullness of God was pleased to live in him, and he reconciled all things to himself through him, whether things of earth or in the heavens, he brought peace through the blood of his cross. There is not a beginning with Christ. Christ is the beginning, first birthed from death. The preeminence of Christ is indisputable. Christ has reconciled all things to himself, which includes men, women, and even our menial tasks. Scripture distinctly tells us Christ is first. If we want Christ first during these strange times of power grabbing, political enmity, horrifying mass shootings, wars, famines, and pestilence, where, friends, are our roots? Where, brothers and sisters, is our focus? The truth is what will hold us. The truth sustains us and grounds us. This is a reckoning that God is stating, I am first. If the one who, who we profess in our faith is not held above all things, and if we do not walk circumspectly in the truth and knowledge of the one who can and will sustains us, sustain us, will we be able to hold on to our faith? Colossians 3.21 and following states, Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies with him in your minds, which was shown by your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through death to present you before God as a, as a people who are holy, faultless, and without blame. But you need to remain well-established and rooted in faith and not shift away from the hope given in the good news that you heard. Colossians reminds us of who Christ is and the need to remain well-established and rooted. Mary was working on being well-established and rooted in the presence of Christ. Martha forgot her rootedness. She lost sight of the fact that she was serving the King of Kings. Christ was not preeminent. Martha's vision was cloudy in regard to what she was actually doing. Martha, caught up in the urgency, omitted that, that which would have brought joy to her hospitality. Jesus was very concerned about Martha, but not with her activity. Martha's moment was due to omitting her Christ as first. Cardinal Anastasio Balistrero, the former Archbishop of Turin, writes, 
In our house, there is room for Martha and room for Mary. And we must occupy both places. We must be Mary because we are welcoming the word. And we must be Martha because we are receiving the Son of Man. We have this hope within us. Sometimes we need the help of others to remind us of who we are. Moment by moment, we need the Spirit to enable us to not get distracted. We require the foundation of our studies in the living water to uphold us in our journeys. We need to be Martha and Mary. All of life is holy. All is about putting Christ first. Joan Chittister, a Benedictine sister and author, writes and called to question, we must learn that life itself is of a God, that the natural is sacred, and then an inward life and immersion in life are of a peace. If we are in God, then all of life becomes sacred to us. To seek God means to find God around us. The God questions propel us into life, in fact. It is precisely when we begin to see the world through the eyes of God that life becomes the measure of our own godliness. Then life becomes the stuff of holiness for us. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.